This is Generation Justice, a multiracial project that trains youth to harness the power of community through media, narrative, and critical consciousness. I'm Elijah Cage. And I'm Jackie Nguyen. We want to remind you that this program broadcasts from the rightful lands of the Tiwa people. Tonight, we focus on the COVID-19 vaccine. We speak with Rabia Khan, a research assistant at the Department of Molecular Genetics and Microbiology at the University of New Mexico, a lab that specializes in vaccine development and has recently focused on the COVID-19 vaccine. And in honor of the 51st anniversary of Earth Day, we'll share a conversation with Arturo Sandoval, a proud New Mexican and one of the original founders of Earth Day. We have put together great music for you. That's right. Starting with the song New Normal by high school senior at Albuquerque's Public Academy for Performing Arts, Mayani, who says that her experience during the pandemic has inspired her new single. Rabia Khan is a research assistant at the Department of Molecular Genetics and Microbiology at the University of New Mexico, a lab that specializes in vaccine development. She holds a Bachelor's of Science in Biochemistry from UNM. The Department of Molecular Genetics and Microbiology has focused its research on the COVID-19 vaccine. Now, Madhumita Santanam speaks with Rabia Khan about the vaccine, misconceptions, and so much more. This is Madhumita Santanam with Generation Justice, and I'm speaking with Rabia Khan, a research assistant at UNM Hospital and a lab that specializes in vaccine development. Rabia has a Bachelor of Science focused in biochemistry from the University of New Mexico. Rabia, welcome to Generation Justice. Thank you. Yeah, what else would you like to share about yourself? Um, so my name is Rabia Khan. I am currently um, a post-bachelorette research assistant in Bryce Chikarian's lab. We specialize in making vaccine-like particles, which is a new method of developing vaccines, um, which, in which what we do is utilize viruses, that things that look like viruses, but we don't have any viral particulates in them. So when people get these vaccines, they're not reacting to a viral protein. They're just reacting to something that looks like a virus. So um, that's the sort of my work. That's what I do. And I am going to be going back to my master's program starting in the fall of this year. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So tell us more about the lab that you work in. So I work at the Department of Molecular Genetics and Microbiology at the University of New Mexico. Um, the work we do here is related to vaccine development. So we basically take vi uh, virus-like particles, which we generate in the lab, which technically the idea behind it is that 
taking something that looks identical or similar to a virus but does not contain any viral protein or viral DNA whatsoever, and we utilize that as our vehicle in our vaccines, and then we, we will vaccinate um, animals with that and look at their titrans. So the idea is, is that your, your body will recognize this very similar looking virus, but it doesn't have anything that will harm you. So in the future, when your body is exposed to that actual virus, it will know what to do. It's more like an instruction for your immune system. And technically that is what the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines are doing. The idea is similar to that. They're utilizing an mRNA vaccine. So they're, they're doing um, more of, they're taking the spike protein of the COVID, SARS-CoV-2. And it's a genetic instruction to your body to generate that part of the protein. But because it doesn't have any virus in it, it's not going to, your body is not going to react in a way where it's the actual virus. It will actually just have an instruction on how to react when you actually have the virus. And at that point, your body will have enough antibodies in which the time period and the time frame in which you have COVID will be cut down and you will actually not react to COVID as badly as you would if you didn't have the vaccine to begin with. That's super interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Your lab focuses on different vaccines, but lately you've been working with the COVID-19 vaccine. Can you talk to us about the different COVID-19 vaccines that are being administered in the U.S.? Yeah, absolutely. So, so far, uh, the two major ones are the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. So I sort of talked about that, but so both of the, these vaccines are mRNA-based vaccines, so which is a protein um, that goes in your deltoids in your shoulder. That's where it's encapsulated. That's where um, your body will start reading it from that point onwards. So I know a lot of people are afraid of the fact that your, your, your DNA will change or your body will change because we're giving you this vaccine, um, which I understand the concern, but that's not very true because the mRNA is only gonna go to the cytoplasm, which is completely separate from where your DNA is stored. Your DNA is actually stored in the nucleus. So the mRNA vaccine will never see the DNA. Um, so basically you get this mRNA vaccine uh, you have some immunology that happens, your body recognizes that there is something foreign in you. It then reads that foreign instruction, builds that protein, and then it reacts to that specific protein and gets rid of it in your system. Pfizer and Moderna then basically do a booster, which is your second shot that you get. So your first shot is your initial dose. Your second shot, um, you get it as a booster, same exact concentration, same exact shot, but the second shot is a necessity as an adjuvant to the first shot because it just only increases your react reactogenicity. So a lot of people um, uh, realize that at the second time they get the shot, they react a lot worse than the first time, which is not a bad thing at all. Um, the reason why you're reacting so much to the second one as opposed to the first one is because you already have antibodies from the first one. So because your body already recognizes this protein, it starts to attack it right away. And 
that's the whole idea behind it is that at that point you will have 95% protection after the second dose. Now we look at the AstraZeneca vaccine, which is a little bit different as opposed to the Pfizer and Moderna. AstraZeneca is a vaccine that is attenuated virus. So they're basically taking the actual SARS-CoV-2, they're mutating it into a chimpanzee. So they basically mutate the entire virus and then they attenuate, which means that they lower down the viral particulates. So you need, an, you need a certain amount of viral particulate in order to even get sick with COVID. So if you lower that particulate level down, you will probably not get sick from that. So that's another way to introduce vaccines into the system where yes, there is a virus in there, but it's mutated in a sense where it shouldn't be affecting humans in any way. Would you mind telling us more about the Johnson and Johnson vaccine? Yeah, absolutely. The Johnson and Johnson vaccine uses a different approach to instruct human cells to make SARS-2 spike protein, which then triggers an immune response. It is what's known as the viral vectoroid vaccine. It's a harmless adenovirus from a large family of viruses, some of which causes the common colds, has been engineered to carry the genetic code for the spike to, uh, SARS-2 spike protein. So once the adenovirus enters your cells, then they, um, then they use that code to make the spike protein. Johnson & Johnson employs the same approach to make other vaccines that have been approved before, such as the Ebola vaccine that they were authorized for use in European medicine agencies and stuff. Thank you for sharing that. I never really thought about all of this stuff like in depth. So thank you for sharing that. And I know you kind of talked about it a little bit, but how does the vaccine work? So the vaccine, you basically, let's think about it in this way. Um, any vaccine, it's like a personal trainer for your immune system. So basically you have an immune system. Um, it doesn't know anything about this SARS-CoV-2. It could be any, any virus that you're thinking about. It doesn't know anything about it. The whole point behind your immune system is uh, protection for yourself, right? So anything that doesn't look like you, it's gonna go attack that thing, correct? So, that's just how the vaccines work is that we generate as humans these things that will not harm you, but they'll be enough for your, um, for your immune system will finally go and recognize that there's something foreign in us. It then goes and attacks that. And the minute it starts attacking that, it starts building something called an immunological memory. And immunological memory is necessary for um, the onset of an actual virus. So let's say that someone gets vaccinated by SARS-CoV-2's vaccine, right? So someone gets hypothetically vaccinated with the Pfizer vaccine, they get their first and second dose. And then let's say they're exposed to COVID. Uh, the minute the COVID virus goes into their system, it will start to cut it down right away because it's going to recognize that, okay, we have this virus in us. We have been exposed to it before, so I'm just going to start to cut, start cutting it down. Thank you. So after someone receives like the full dose of the vaccine, what are some of the health safety precautions that we still need to take? So we still need to 
wear our masks, we still need to wash our hands, we still need to stay our six feet distance. Um, these are the things, this is ne necessary because you don't know who has gotten the vaccine and who hasn't, right? So to build that herd immunity, we want everybody to get vaccinated, but because we're not sure how much of the population is vaccinated so far, we still wanna protect our vulnerable people. So like I said before, that if you get the COVID vaccine and you are exposed to COVID, you probably wouldn't react to it very badly. You're probably gonna get rid of it very quickly. But we don't understand the transmission at this point. Let's say you do get it, are you still able to give it to a vulnerable individual? We, are, we don't understand that right now. So because we don't understand that right now, we just ask that we still are keeping other people safe, right? So we're still staying our six feet away. We're still wearing our masks so that people that are not vaccinated are still being protected against us. Thank you for sharing that. I think like myself and many others are probably confused on like how to like function after we get the vaccine. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. I think we can go, we're, we're ready to go back to normalcy once we hit that um, herd immunity phase. But until we get there, we have to still follow these healthcare rules. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Um, what are some of the misconceptions about COVID, about the COVID-19 vaccine? There's, um, so there's quite a few misconceptions, correct? So I'm gonna hit like the major few ones that I've been hearing randomly here and there. So the first one is that the vaccines have been rushed. So there is absolutely no safety step that was cut down when these vaccines were approved. So the backbones of these vaccines that the mRNA and the viral vector already existed, right? So mRNA ther therapies have been used in human trials for over five years safely. And then trials just moved faster by streamlining logistic steps and the funding was prioritized. So that's why we saw it happen a lot sooner, but there was no cut down in any safety measures. Um, the other misconception is the side effects. People are not sure how soon or how late or is it months out that I'll, I'll still have side effects from the vaccine. So vast majority of the side effects from the vaccine are happen very, very quickly. So majority are within hours, but more side, more rare side effects can happen up to six weeks later, right? So those are very, very rare side effects. And we haven't seen those happen in majority of patients, right? So the clinical trials for COVID-19 vaccine started back in March of 2020. And uh, so if there was actually such a big concern, we would have seen them up to now, right? So the biggest side effects that happens from vaccines is this thing called Guillain-Barre syndrome which is a neurosystem, neuro nervous system disease. And that can happen three months after the vaccine. But since we have seen clinical trials since March, 2020, so far we would have seen GBS occur in, in individuals that have received these vaccines and we haven't. Um, the other thing is MR uh, vaccines that are alternating DNA. So like I talked about this before, mRNA vaccines do not alter any human DNA. It doesn't, it's just, a posted node is temporary template that your cells utilize to generate protein and your DNA remains untouched. Um, the other miss, not a misconception, but a question is are fetal cells used in the, the generation of these vaccines? 
uh, fetal cell lines are not used in mRNA vaccines at all, so such as the Pfizer and Moderna. Some vaccines that do contain the weakened or inactivated viruses require growing these cells, and they may have used fetal cells, um, but they're like 30 years ago, some uh, fetal cells that were used are um, in some of those vaccines, but not in the mRNA vaccines at all. Um, and I think another misconception is, why should I get the vaccine if I already got COVID? And I that one again is, you. so you don't know, because it's somewhat like, we already know what we expect when we get the vaccine, right? We kind of already know, like, this is how many antibodies you're going to form. This is how much protection you have against the virus. And it's a very defined uh, data set. But when you already got COVID, we, we don't know, like, if you even had that many antibodies to begin with, or how long you have those antibodies for before you are exposed again, and you will get deathly sick again. And the other thing is herd immunity. So because we want to protect this population, we want to make sure again that we are very consistent on how much um, on how much we know about this data point. Um, and then there is why get why would I get the vaccine if I'm high risk? Um, again, same thing. Our herd immunity enables us to produce a consistent immune response uh, instead of a variable response that occurs in natural infections. Um, and I think those are the biggest six or seven I could think of that a lot of people had uh, questions on. Um, so what will the vaccine change? What will the vaccine change? The vaccine um, will help us curb the pandemic. But, you know, so of course, we're trying our hardest to go back to our normal life where we can go back and see strangers in coffee shops and go back and talk to our friends and families and travel the world or whatever we want to do. And those things can be enabled once we start getting this vaccine and it will help us. It will help us be less vulnerable because right now in without a vaccine, you are in a very vulnerable state. A, a virus is very, very smart, right? So once you put yourself out there, it's not going to leave you alone. It's going to get into your system and it's going to start um, uh, mutating. It's going to start doing all these things that you don't want it to do. But if you're vaccinated, you can more, you know, you'll have more of a spot where you can go out, you can be in the public, you can start doing those things again. For sure, and I hope things do get back to normal and we can all like do go on with our lives. Um, can you talk about the variants of the virus? Yeah, so the variants in um, a virus, so basically the virus's variants is something that's changing in this virus, right? So um, the viruses, again, they're very part of a very smart group of we say they're not living, but honestly, I think they're living because they're, they, they change upon realizing that they're being um, targeted against. So when they start realizing that, okay, we have gone through a bunch of people, they've infected a bunch of people, they've killed a bunch of people, we're now getting vaccinated. So we're kind of getting rid of this thing, right? But it needs to survive. It still needs a human host to survive. So what it starts doing, it's basically start variating itself where um, sort of like a natural selection deal where it'll change some part of itself 
and try to trick your um, body into thinking that it's something different. So let's say that um, you're, you are vaccinated with this Pfizer vaccine and you have a very specific mRNA code in you that you are being protected against, correct? Now, if the if the um, SARS-CoV-2 changes enough in which the Pfizer uh, vaccine does not provide immunity against that, where it changes enough in a sense that um, it changes the spike protein altogether, the Pfizer vaccine is not going to be effective, right? But what we're seeing so far, and this is back in evolution as well, right? So something doesn't change overall that quickly. So it will start changing, sure, but it will not change in a sense where it will change so much that all these vaccines that we have in play right now will not be enough for them, right? So that's why we are, as scientists, we as um, doctors and stuff, we are pushing people to, if, you're, you, if you can go get the vaccine, go get the vaccine, because we don't want you to be the vulnerable person that gets a variant of this, if of this SARS-CoV-2. And um, the good thing about the mRNA vaccines, which I keep hitting back to Pfizer and Moderna, but the good part about these vaccines is that once they're made, the vaccines, once they're made, once they're approved, it's very easy and very simple for this group of people that made them to go back and change that spike protein. So let's say that there was a switch in spike big enough for the Pfizer and Moderna vaccine to no longer be effective against the new variant. These scientists, these engineers can now go back and they use, utilize the same exact way they made the first vaccine. And then they'll just go back and change that amino acid code, which let's say it went from lysine to proline. It's a, it's a change in amino acid. They can just go back and make that change and come back with the same vaccine. Um, it's a little bit more challenging for vaccines such as the AstraZeneca vaccine that utilizes the actual live virus. It'll be a little bit more challenging for them to change that out. But yeah, so, so far we're doing good. <laughs> Sure, and thank you for sharing that. I like you said though. Um, I'm so happy that doctors and um, scientists are actually pushing people to get the vaccine. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, where can people find more information about the vaccine, and where can they register to get vaccinated here in New Mexico? So you can find um, all this information on CDC. You can find it on WHO. And uh, to get vaccinated here, it's the New Mexico Department of Health, which they're giving out vaccines and you sign up on their website. They will then send you a code and you will apply that code and make a reservation or to go get that vaccine. Thank you for sharing that. Is there anything else that you would like to add? I think I would just like to add that uh, be skeptical, but also be informative, like go and seek answers for things that you are afraid of, or people that may be afraid of certain vaccines. Um, I think as humans, it's okay. It's a common sentiment to be afraid and to have skepticism, but it's there's so much information in today's world that we can go reach out, um, talk to a scientist, talk to a doctor, look online and educate yourself before you make a choice to get this vaccine. 
but it is a very essential necessity in our life right now. And I would encourage everyone to go out and register for it. That'll be it. Thank you so much for. Of course, thank you for being here and talking to me. I'm, thank you for just being here and sharing about the vaccine. I honestly did not know anything about the vaccine, to be really honest. I knew like the basics, but I'm glad that you went in depth about everything. Of course, I, it's my pleasure. Thank you. For Generation Justice, I'm Madhumita Santana. Rabia, with this new vaccine, misinformation can easily be spread. Suspicions can arise and people can freak out. It's important to have our trust in experts like you. I like how you acknowledge the misconceptions of the new vaccine and refuted them with correct information from your studies and expertise. Thank you, Rabia, for your time and information. Thank you again, Rabia. I learned more about what you do and what your lab focuses on. And thank you for reminding us that if there was something wrong with the vaccine, experts would already know. Rabia, to honor your work and all frontline workers, we bring Not About You, a song about mask wearing by Santa Fe artist Jay Hennigan. She says my hair's a mess and my nails are bare. Can't find a store open anywhere. This mask doesn't go with my outfit today And you can't make me wear 